Luke, if you would, Luke chapter number 1. I know we were here last week, but we got, there's a lot of verses in this chapter. And um, so as we look here in this text of Scripture, and, and I've got to be honest, I was reading through here, uh, through this text this week, and um, I, I missed something. For years I have missed something uh, in this text of Scripture. And uh, so I'm going to point it out to you today, all right? Something I learned this week. And uh, so um, uh, something that I had overlooked. How many's done that before? You done that before? You read a passage and you, you think you got it down. You got it down. You got it. You almost got it memorized. You read it so much. And then you go back and the Lord says, mm-hmm. What you thought you had, you didn't have. Yeah, I'm going to show you something new. I'll give you a little nugget. And uh, so I, I hope that and pray that be a blessing to your heart. We're gonna. Uh, <clears throat> I got. I know I have one verse on the screen. Okay, I'm gonna read that verse, and then uh, in in just a moment. But then we're gonna look at uh, multiple portions of this text. We're gonna stay right here in Luke chapter one. Uh, but I, I want to talk today uh, a little bit about Mary, Mary, the mother of our Lord. You know, there are many different people that are involved in the, uh, uh, the, the, the Christmas story. And each one of them has a unique flavor about them. Uh, we talked a little bit last week about John the Baptist, Zacharias, and, and uh, Zacharias' wife, Elizabeth, that was the cousin of Mary and all that. And, and how that God was in the, pre, in the, the he was preparing uh, the world for the coming of Jesus. And John the Baptist was that one that was used and utilized by the Lord to do that. As with every situation in life, there needs to be a certain amount of preparation involved in that. Would you, be, would you agree with me on that one? There are some things we have to be ready for. Now, there are a lot of things we won't be ready for, okay, surprises. <laughs> you, know, you know, if I fall down here today, you know, that'll be a surprise to you. All right, you, so you'll be expecting it now, so I won't do it. All right, so, uh, but I have been known to do that. I, you know, I've been known to fall off of this, all right, and that's a surprise to you, and, and, and so on. But some things we're just not ready for. But then when it comes to Jesus and it comes to his coming, whether it's the first time he came, they need to be ready. And it stands to reason he's coming back again. Amen. Amen. He's coming back again. And we need to be ready for that. So, so God is a God of preparation. He wants to make sure that everybody is ready. So he, in fact, sends Gabriel, the angel, and makes the announcement to Mary so that she could be ready for what's about to happen to her. All right? So we're going to talk a little bit more about her uh, in, uh, today. All right? She's very unique. She is a very unique person in so many ways, just by her testimony, by her character. Uh, we, we have recorded, I believe, one of, if not the most uh, important and the greatest women of all the Bible in Mary. The psalmist said this in Psalm 34, 15. He said, he said, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. 
Uh, take the first part of that verse, the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous. What we find in the text is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, she is righteous before the Lord. His eyes are on her. And given the fact that his eyes are on her, what happens next is that we find that the Bible says that God found favor with her. Now, of all the young Jewish women that lived at that time, or that lived since the days of Isaiah, of all the women, of all the young ladies, of all the young virgins, let me add that in there, he chooses Mary. He chooses Mary. I wonder how many of those young Jewish women read what Isaiah said. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. How many of them after reading that, I wonder if I will be the one. I wonder if I would be the one to carry in my womb the Son of God. As they would hear it read, maybe from from, uh, their, their father. Or maybe even read it themselves, whichever the case. How many of them would have thought that she was then and still is a blessed woman among women? Now, I said this this statement last week. I'm going to say it again. She is not blessed above women. All right, I need to say that one more time. Some of you didn't get me or didn't hear me. She is not blessed above women. She is blessed among women. She does not exceed the authority of all women. Now some say she's the mother of God. No, she's the mother of Jesus. She's the earthly mother of Jesus. God has no father or mother. God exists in and of himself. He needs no help. He needs no assistance. (laughs) He's God, all right? But what we find is that God says of her that she is highly favored. Which simply means that there is divine favor. It means that she has been approved by God to be, the, uh, be conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. We're going to read it more, a little bit more about it her, her in just a moment. I want to read this one verse of scripture. Look with me would at verse number 45. Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Here's what the Bible says. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now I wonder this morning, how many of us have really ever paid attention to that verse? Now I have to say this, in all honesty, I have not really paid attention to that particular verse. We're going to go back and we're going to read a little bit more about the the entire scene, okay? So what does that verse mean? What what does it entail? We, We know who it's talking about. We know the subject matter because it is right in the middle of this story, this narrative about John the Baptist, Zachariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Jesus God the Father, Angel Gabriel, all of them, all of them are part of this, this, this dialogue that's here in chapter number one. What is it about that particular verse 
that stands out. And I want to bring you a message this morning on Mary makes ready for the coming of Jesus. Mary makes ready for the coming of Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you so much. We're thankful for your blessings. Thankful, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth that we find in your word and the enlightenment that you give to us, the things that you share with us from uh, the, the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. Lord, I do pray this morning that you would bless the reading of your word. Help me to say only what's needed and necessary, only what you would have me say, nothing more, nothing less. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse me. Use my lips, my tongue, Lord, to, um, to be utilized today in such a way as Mary was making ready for the coming of Jesus. May we be ready for the coming of Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. In her humanity, her thoughts were normal. I'm talking about Mary. After what Gabriel had said to her, that's impossible. She will soon discover that with God all things are possible. She will hear about her cousin Elizabeth, who had, was well stricken in years. We won't go down that road again. But when she had left the age of childbearing to the point that she was not able to have children anymore, and yet the Lord said, no, 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 no. With me, all things are possible, and so you're going to have a son. Going to call his name John. We read about that in the text. I want to pick up the story here in verse number 26 and uh, read along with me, if you would, in your Bibles. And then we're going to come back, and, and uh, I want to analyze that particular verse, verse number 45, that we, uh, that we find here within the, packed in the middle of all of this. The Bible says in verse number 26, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God, Unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. These are very important truths that we find here. And the angel, verse 28, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. That divine favor, that approval of God was upon her. And the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. We've already made statements about that. Verse 29 says, And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. There's the human side of Mary, the humanity of her. The, she's troubled in her heart. She's troubled in her mind. I don't, I don't understand. How is this going going to be possible she says in verse number 30 and the angel said unto her fear not Mary for thou hast found favor with God and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus and he shall be great he shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end in fact, verse 32 and 34 is prophetical verses about Jesus. Verse 34 says now, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She also hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. 
And Mary said, watch this now. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Did you see something about Mary there? Do you see a bit of a character about her concerning her? Oh, nothing here in those verses except that particular verse, but a, a trust in the Lord. There was submission on her part. There was, uh, there was also uh, obedience on her part. Be it as, uh, uh, as the Lord wants. So, you know, I, I'm just the handmaid of the Lord. It's amazing. Watch this now. Look it with me if you would. Verse 39, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Oh, she said, hey, what's up? What's going on? And it came to pass, in verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. She spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women. There it is again. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now here's our text verse. Watch this again. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And we'll read two more verses. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. In verse 47, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. What are these verses all about? It's all about Mary making ready for the coming of Jesus. The angel did his part. God has sent the angel to do that part. That she had gone to visit Elizabeth. The baby in her womb, John the Baptist, by the way, leaped. All right. The Holy Ghost of God, all of those things are factors that we find in this text. It is, it is to a world that is lost, a world of people that need to be saved, that Jesus is going to come. If you notice carefully in the text, I, I love this fact, then in verse 31, then when the angel said, you're going to bring forth a son and you're going to call his name Jesus, and it's all caps. We learn from Matthew chapter number 1 that, that the, the angel told Joseph that he was coming. You'll call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Listen to me this morning. Satan has done enough damage already. He's destroyed enough already. He has disrupted the hearts of man already enough. It's time for him to get off the scene. It's time, for, it's time for Jesus to make himself known, to reveal himself to a world. And, and Satan, Satan had done that throughout the course of time for, for before Jesus came the first time. And Jesus comes the first time and he, he, he lives that perfect life and he goes to the cross and he dies and then he resurrects from the dead. Oh, praise the Lord for all that Jesus has done there. But guess what? He's coming back again. And, and while Satan is still disrupting and still destroying and still ruining lives and still creating all this havoc and, uh, and all of that, Jesus is going to come and he is going to sit on the throne of his father David. He is going to rule without Satan's interference at all. He's going to do all of those things that he promised that he would do. He's coming back again. We better make ready. 
What does this have to do with Christmas? It's got everything to do with Christmas because if Jesus hadn't come at Christmas, then he wouldn't come back now, right? Does that make sense? Is my logic weird? Sometimes it is. I get it. What is it about this text of Scripture? We learn about Mary that her trust and her obedience is superb. And God, he's taking those next steps to making things ready for the coming of, of his dear son. But then we have right in the middle of all of that, and we talk about the, the angel. We talk about uh, Elizabeth. We talk about John the Baptist and Zacharias and Mary. And we talk about all of those things. And then right in the middle is that one verse. I'm going to read it again just, just for fun. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, I will say this. The word performance there has nothing to do with acting. Absolutely nothing. Some will do a performance. Uh, no, it's, that's not what we're talking about there. I'm going to explain that. I want us to look at this. Here's here are a couple of things just by looking at these particular words within the text. Look at verse 45. The word blessed or blessed here within the text. It means simply this, that she is possessing the favor of God. She is, she is marked by the fullness from God. The word blessed in the text, okay? If you mark your Bible, mark that. Write that word down. Understand what the meaning is because it's important to understand exactly what the text says and, and, and what is being said about her. It, you know, Mary has found favor. She's highly favored of God. She's blessed among all women. But this particular word used right here is that she possesses, she has, has it in her possession, the favor of God. I wonder this morning, how many of us have... Have the possession of the favor of God. Ooh. She's marked. Now, granted, Joseph didn't want to make a public example out of her because otherwise she would be a marked woman, all right? They're, they're not even married and she's going to have a baby. She's showing off. Whoa, this is, this is a bad thing. He, that's not the kind of mark that we're talking about. We're, we're saying that she is marked because of the fullness of God. How do we know that? When she walked into the room where Elizabeth was and she said, Hey, Elizabeth. That's all she said. She did not say, hey, Elizabeth, guess what happened? An angel came to me and, and told me that I was going to have a baby, and that baby's name was going to be Jesus. She didn't go off that. The Bible says all she did was greet her. That's the word, salutation. She gave her a greeting. She, she said, hello, Elizabeth. That's it. Did y'all get that? Only by the salutation, and Elizabeth explains that simply by that salutation, by that greeting, the baby in her womb, John the Baptist, leaped. You ready? I don't know, maybe he turned a cartwheel. Y'all ready for that one? No. No, I fooled you. See, surprise. She possesses the favor of God. There's another word in the text here. That's the word believed. 
It goes beyond the trust factor. It's the fact that she is fully, 100% persuaded and has embraced this announcement given to her. Now, I find that interesting, but I also find that extremely important. That when the angel came to her and said, you're going to have a baby. And she says, um, huh, uh, how's that possible? I'm not married. Uh, no, not a man. In other words, I'm a virgin. How is that possible? And all that. When the angel explained that to her, the, the Spirit of God will overshadow, come upon you, and you're going to conceive in your womb. Here's what she did. Oh, and embraced that thought. Embraced that truth. Embraced that announcement. She, she did not just say, well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. No, she believed. She was firmly persuaded and embraced the idea, embraced the announcement, again, that the angel told her. So that's a huge, huge step in, in, in this story. So she's blessed. She's got that, that, that favor, that divine favor upon her, possessing that favor of God. She's marked by the fullness of God. And, and now the Bible says that she, that she believed. Blessed is she that believed. Blessed is the one that has embraced this announcement, that has, that has fully been persuaded that, all right, I'm going to have a baby. All right, it's going to be the, his name's going to be Jesus. All right, it's going to be the Son of God. I'm going to carry in my womb the Son of of God. Whoa. But then there's an in, another interesting word in the text. And blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance. What is that? The successful completion of what has been announced to her. It's going to be a success. Mary, you're going to carry the baby full term. You're going to give birth. He's going to breathe on this earth. It's going to be complete in every sense of the word. Complete every possible way. There's going to be a performance. A performance not only by the Holy Spirit to conceive in her. And by her uh, as far as her trust and her obedience in the Lord. And, and, and all of that is going to be successfully completed. Joseph, i got to go tell Joseph and he's going to be fine with it. All of that is going to be a huge success. It's going to be completed. I, I get that. And see, you know, i, I got to be honest with you. In looking and reading this passage of Scripture numerous, numerous, numerous times, every year, you know, numerous times every year, I just skipped over that verse. To the point. I didn't see how important this part of the preparation was, the making ready of Mary or that of, of Mary and giving birth to Jesus. How important it was that these words we understand a successful completion. What from? How so? He says in the text, notice it says, he says, for there shall be a performance of the things which were told her from who? The Lord. 
It wasn't the angel. Sometimes we put a whole lot of emphasis on the angels when the angels put all the emphasis on the Lord. Everybody understand that? The emphasis is to be upon the Lord. So what is it that Mary's doing here within the text? What, as, as she is making ready. What is it that we see about her? What is it that that's, is uh, it's not surprising, but yet it is surprising? What is it about her with all of this? And all of this activity, the submission, the obedience, it's clearly seen as part of her character. It's part of who she is. Her cousin Elizabeth confirms the conception, the the announcement of the angel, uh, Gabriel, and all that. The spirit in her. John the Baptist leaping in the womb. All these things. it's, It's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming at times. But the verse clearly says, she's blessed, she believed, and there will be a performance of everything God said. So now what happens? Well, here's what I want to show you. Not only that part of the text, that's part of the introductory thoughts, and that's the little nugget that we missed, or that I missed, I should say. And some of you who are more intelligent than I probably never missed it. All right. But anyway, there, there it, that little, the little tidbit of information within the text. Watch this now, and I want to show you how Mary makes ready for the coming of Jesus. And you know where it's at? She didn't, she didn't, she didn't have a nursery. Hmm. She didn't tell Joseph, say, Joseph, now you got to fix this room up. Right? Just didn't happen. How did she make ready? Where, where does all that come? I'll tell you, it's in her heart. The making ready of Mary for the coming of Jesus was in her heart. Now let me say this. Making ready, yourselves ready for the coming of Jesus, it comes from your heart. We all know this, right? Jesus came the first time as a babe in Bethlehem. He's coming back again, not as a babe in Bethlehem, but as king. All right, as king. In fact, that's alluded to. Remember the angel said he's going to sit on the throne of his father David. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. All right, That's prophetical. It's talking about this same Jesus that's going to come and do all of that. He's come. So, so here we are now. The babe's already come. The babe's died. They've grown up and died. But he's resurrected. He's at the right hand of the Father. We're just waiting for the day. We're just waiting for the day in which God will say, Son, go get him. Amen. All right. Go get him. I'm waiting. Go get him. So when, when, he, when that happens, where, where is it? Where are we in the, in the grand scheme of things of making ready for the coming of Jesus? Mary made ready for the coming of Jesus the first time. We have to make ready for the coming of Jesus now. And as it was in her heart, I'm going to show you how it was in her heart. You and I have to be ready in our heart as well. Because listen, let me be honest with you. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you're not ready. 
If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you died today without having received the forgiveness of your sin, you're not ready to meet God. You're not ready to meet Jesus at all. That's why I'm saying you need to be ready. Make yourself ready. And it comes from the heart. Watch this now. Let me give you four thoughts real quickly. Number one, number one, she respects his position. Look at this in verse number 46. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Notice this. This is very important. Mary said, what's the next two words? After Mary said, my soul. Where's the soul? Inside, right? The soul is inside. My soul doth magnify the Lord. She, she wasn't saying, we've painted the room. We've got the crib ready. The hay is all in place. The cattle have been inoculated. Y'all know what that means, right? No, 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 no. She said, my soul doth matter. That's the innermost part of her being. Her emotions, every, every part within her. Where their desires and where the affections are. She is ascribing, what she's doing now is she is ascribing greatness to the Lord in all of his activities. Because she says, my soul doth, what's the next word? Magnify. What that word magnified? You know, when you're looking at Jesus, you don't take a uh, you, you don't you, you don't take a, a microscope and look deep into that microscope. No, you take a magnifying glass. You know, magnifying a microscope. Yes, it makes things that are really tiny look big. But see, Jesus is already big, so we just take a magnifying glass and make him bigger. Right? So, so here's the thought. Here's the thought. You magnify the Lord. It's to enlarge. The idea that she's saying is, is my soul, all of the emotions within me, all the affections that are deep in my heart, I am going to magnify. I'm going to enlarge the God that has made this announcement to me as I have embraced this announcement and he will successfully complete it. All I want to do is praise the one who's made this happen. Mary's declaring that he's greater than the greatest, higher than the highest. His work shows his power. She's lifting him up because his grace and his mercy is, uh, has been shown to her. And everything that is within her is enlarging him and praising him. Her concern was not for herself but for the one who favored her. Why would I be allowed to... To, to, to have the Son of God in my womb. God is simply entrusting her for everything. Entrusting her because of her respect for Him and His position as Lord. Now the word Lord in that text, the verse number 46. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. The Lord there is master. The, my soul is magnifying the master. My soul is magnifying the almighty. I, my soul is magnifying the one who has all authority. And it is very obvious that the one who has given her the announcement, the one who has put the, in her womb and, and conceived in her from the Holy Ghost of God has the authority over her. And so all she she knows to do is say, thank you, thank you, magnify, I'm enlarging, I'm enlarging Jesus because of all that Jesus has done for me. Now listen, 
when you and I learn the value of making ready for the coming of Jesus this second time by enlarging Him in our lives, it comes from within our own heart. Our praise to Him, our enlarging Him makes all the difference. Let me give you this secondly. Not only does she respect His position, but she's rejoicing in His person. Look at this in verse 47. The Bible says, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Not only does her soul magnify the Lord, but now her spirit's rejoicing in God who is her Savior. Her spirit is her breath. Every time she opens her mouth to say a word, what is she doing? She's speaking. She's speaking about him, rejoicing in the person of who he is, recognizing the very one who has given her life, given her breath. Did you know that every breath that you take is a gift from God? Every breath, every molecule of air that you intake into your lungs is a gift from God. And all that she wants to do is rejoice in the fact that he has given me life. Not only my own personal life, Mary says, but also in my womb, the life of the Son of God. She has entrusted me with that. I'm embracing that idea. I'm embracing that knowledge. And she says, he's my Savior. I'm rejoicing in God, my Savior. Who is the Savior? He's the deliverer. He is the one who will saves from danger. He's the one that saves from destruction. He's the one that saves from disruption of Satan. He's the one that saves us from hell, but he's the one that saves us to heaven. I am rejoicing in the one person who has given me breath, and he is my Savior. That's what she says. And you know what he brings? Joy. That's what rejoicing is all about. But look at this. Look at this. There's a, a third truth. Not only does, is there in her, as she is making ready for the coming of Jesus, she respects his position, she rejoices in his person, but she is remembering her place. She remembers her place. Look at verse 48. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. In the first part of that verse, the he, the personal pronoun he, is referring to God because it's a, a direct reference to the verse 46 and verse 47. The Lord, the one who's the Almighty, and Savior in verse 47, the Deliverer, the one who saves from destruction. For he hath regarded. And we know also from the text that it is he, God the Father, who has regarded her. Meaning that he has looked upon her with kindness and favor. God has looked on Mary for kindness and favor. He sees her as one thing. And that is a servant. That's what a handmaid is. A servant. In fact, in those days it was a female slave. The lowest state that she's referring to here is not the fact that she is the poorest of the poor. He's talking about her. She's referring to the fact that she is 
is, is an act of humility on her part. In her humility, God has seen favor in her. She's embraced that favor and the announcement. There will be a successful completion of everything that God has told her. And she recognizes and magnifying the Lord uh, who is the Almighty, who is the Master, who is the one who has all authority, the one, and she's rejoicing in the Savior, the one who has delivered her from all of her sin. She's ready. She's ready. I wonder wonder today how many of us are are, are ready. Y'all remember what they said about Nazareth? Yeah. Yeah, she was a servant. She was a handmaid. She come. They, they, it was a very poor town. Very, very poor. It's like the poorest of the poor. You remember when Jesus, when it was said about Jesus that he's from Nazareth? Remember what they said? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You know, people jokingly say that about people from other states. I'm not going to say that today. Can any good thing come from, ah, no, 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 no. (laughs) Woo. Hey, I did not say it. (laughs) I could run that rabbit trail for a little bit, but I just don't think it would be wise at this point in time for me to run down that trail. Uh, yeah, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? She and Joseph were among the poorest of the poor. I, I'm thankful, though, that God bypassed the wealth and the noble. He bypassed all the wealthy and all the noble to show His mercy upon the poorest of the poor. To grant His grace among the weakest, among the outcasts. To show His love among the outcast, And that's whom God shows favor to. Those who are humble. Those who are in that low estate. Those who are the servants. Those, those people whom, whom God is showing favor to are the most unsuspected ones. Because she's making ready for the coming of Jesus. He is... She remembers her place, but then uh, I, I want to tell you this, one more thing. She recalls his power. His power? Oh, yeah. See, all these things were confirmed by the angel Gabriel, by Elizabeth, and so on. But I want you to look at something with me. You got your Bible there? Watch this now. Look at this. Let's start at verse 48. Now, I, I have them highlighted in my Bible because this is important. And remember who's talking. Mary's talking. Mary said in verse 46, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he, who's that he? God. Okay. For he hath regarded the low estate of his, who's that? His, him, God. Okay. His handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he... That is mighty, who is that? God. Hath done to me great things, and holy is 
His name. Verse 50, and His mercy. Who's that? Okay. His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. Verse 51, He, who's that? He hath showed strength, and His arm, who's that? He hath, who's that? He hath scattered, that's right, that right, right answer, God. Every answer, God. All right. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Verse 52, He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Verse 53, He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich with the, uh, hath he sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Did y'all see a pattern? You know, it seems like the only person that she can talk about is him. The only person she can magnify is him. The only person she can rejoice in is him. And throughout those those personal pronouns used in, in these verses, 48 down through 55, he is, she is talking about him recalling his power because it's his might, his mercy, his grace, his help. All of that belongs to him. So listen, here's the grand scheme of things. What is Mary doing to make ready for Jesus? She is recognizing him because she has a relationship with him. She magnifies Him. She glories and rejoices in Him. And you know what? You know what? All of this is the performance of a lifetime. What performance? The successful completion of a lifetime. Mary's obedience, Mary's submission, she is ready for Jesus to come, magnifying Him. Father, we love you so very much. We're grateful for your blessings. And Lord, I do pray that you would take the thoughts, take these words. May you use them to bring glory to your name. Lord, magnify yourself through them, I pray. May we make ourselves ready, make ourselves ready by recalling your power, by remembering who you are and what you are, by recognizing, Father, all the person of Christ is to us. We have to also remember our place, but rejoicing in who you are. We thank you. For what you will do in this place in advance. Speak to our hearts I pray. And may we make ready. For the coming of Jesus. These things we ask you today. In the most precious name. In Jesus name. With our heads still bowed. Eyes closed for just a moment. You're concentrating on the message, and I hope that the, the remarks, the scatteredness sometimes of the remarks will, will find a home in your heart, will find a place 
in your heart as Mary pondered the things that was told her, as, as she uh, thought intently about all that, that the angel had told her and all that was happening to her. When Miss Debbie's ready, she's going to begin playing. And as she does, the altar is open. Several have made their way. If God is speaking to your heart this morning, are, are you ready? Have you made yourself ready for the coming of Jesus? Mary did so in her heart. That's where it begins. That's where it begins. It begins in your heart. If there is a need in your life, I invite you to come. If you need someone to pray with you, I invite you to come. I'll be more than happy to pray with you. Or maybe there's someone else you need to pray for that you know is not ready for the coming of Jesus. Will you make ready? Mary did in her heart. And now it's time for us to make ready for the coming of Jesus. While these are praying this morning, let me ask you a couple of questions. How many would be confident? How many are confident in your heart? If something happened to you within the next two weeks and you were to die, preacher, I know I'd go to heaven. No question in my heart, no question in my mind. I know without any doubt I'd go to heaven. Can you raise a hand? Can you raise your hand to that truth? Preacher, I know I'm going to heaven. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, that's... That question was not so much for me as it was for you. I'm just asking the question. But here's another question. And again, this one is for you. Between, because the relationship is between you and the Lord. Not between me and you. But between you and the Lord. So here's the question. Is there anybody here today would raise a hand and say, Pastor, if something happened to me in the next two weeks and I were to die, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I know I do not want to go to hell. But I'm just not sure about heaven, and I need you to pray for me. I promise you this. I will pray for you, number one. And number two, I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you. And I will not send anyone to you either. But I sincerely want to be a help to you. We want you to make sure. But you're here today in that condition. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure about heaven. I know I don't want to go to hell. Would you please pray for me? Would you just slip a hand up? Just let me recognize it. Right back down. Straight up, right back down. 
Let me, let me recognize that so that I can better pray for you. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? For those of you watching online, thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate so much your, uh, your doing so. And if I can be a help to you, please be sure to uh, reach out to us. There's some information on your screen. Uh, and uh, I'll get back with you promptly if you reach out to us. Thank you so much for watching today.